With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, I know that some in our audience know the finer points of hockey. The Chris Johnston Show. We are your friends. The biggest stories bringing you inside the game. What did you hear? The Chris Johnston Show. What is going on? Here's Chris with your host, Julian McKenzie. Part of the game. CJ, you told us at the end of our last podcast we would have new teammates. You were correct. Liz Knox. Come together for a podcast called Noxie and Cax, which is available now. You can get the new episode, the I guess the pilot episode for the podcast available wherever you listen to podcasts right now. I listened to it this morning. Very funny. Very cool. Special guest, Jamie Lee, Jamie Lee Rattray. Sorry, English is failing me this morning. Jamie Lee Rattray is their guest on the podcast for their first episode. It's excellent. It's funny. You should check it out. CJ, I implore you to check it out. Uh, maybe when you do your run today. I probably should because it's just fortuitous as it is. There was a time, I wish I could give you the year. A few years ago, we were doing a Puck Talks event. And I remember being in the back of the Rivoli Bar in downtown Toronto with Liz Knox, with Jamie Lee Rattray. They were part of the same show. I didn't know them ahead of time. And they had the Clarkson Cup there because they had won that. And we were having uh, a couple adult beverages and they were telling some stories. It was, it was good. So they were entertaining then. So I feel like I got a preview of the podcast before actually getting to hear the podcast. For sure, because like it's just pure jokes between all three of them. And you're, and the stories, they're, the banter, they're going back and forth on. Like I, I bet that time when you were hanging out with them, you didn't know where you were discovering. You were realizing, hey, this could work for a podcast one day. But uh, yeah, I implore everyone, uh, everyone who's on Discord, everyone who's a fan of the SDPN to check out the brand new podcast, Noxie and Cax. I tell you, it's it's really funny. It's really cool. And uh, I can't wait for more episodes. I know I know in the press release, they say they're going to have like a limited run. Like, I, I hope they find a way to extend that because it could be a really good podcast. They've done one and you're already putting pressure on the boss, Adam. Wow. No, I, I, I think I, I don't know. I, I think it could work. I think Find them up work. for and more, I, Adam. Get off your wallet. Tell you, man, that they could do it. Uh, we have a lot to get to on today's episode. Like, I wrote down topics for today and I didn't even account for the fact that like the Colorado Avalanche had the... Uh, they beat the Boston Bruins on Wednesday night and Nathan McKinnon took a massive hit from Taylor Hall. They still find a way to win that game. The Leafs win in a shootout against the Anaheim Ducks. Trevor Zegras obviously played against the uh, the Ducks. John Gibson was standing on his head. Uh, like I, I kind of just wrote those things just like as afterthoughts, considering the different things I want to talk about. Uh, of course, you cover the Leafs. Uh, do you, do you want to say anything about the fact that they got the job done on Wednesday night? Well, yeah, they got the job done. They fell behind in the game and won. I got to tell you, I'm not going to dwell on this because I know I mentioned it before, but we got to get fans back in the building. Like, I hate that that's I my know. Story, but it's just like, 
a game like that, you know, Colorado came back and tied, or sorry, pardon me, Anon came back and tied in the third period. Um, it just would have been a cool game with fans, and, and you feel like you're missing something there. So hopefully that something changes here soon. Yeah, we'll get fans back surely enough, I'm sure. And, and and more than just the small number, like I know in Quebec, they're going to have it at 500 fans at some point. But uh, the, actually, funny enough, uh, later tonight, uh, the Canadians will play their first home game of 2022 and the first home game in like a, like since December, like mid-December. Wow. I actually, yeah, it's it's insane. They, they've you basically were young when they last the played a home game. Yes, <laughs> I was younger the last time they played a home game. Um, there is something about the Leafs, and I guess more affecting Canadian teams that uh, I will get to at some point later today. Um, I'm just going to throw topics at you. I mean, I, I, I kind of gave you an idea of what we we're going to talk about yesterday, so we'll see how it goes. But I oh, wanted to bring fire, up. Bud. We can handle this. We don't have. We don't boom, need to schedule. Boom, all boom, time. boom, boom, boom. Um, I wanted to bring up, uh, and I know we've discussed it on the podcast before, we've discussed the fact that uh, his future in the NHL could be murky, but that depends on how what investigation lies and, 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 and what results come from that. But we all know there are teams interested in him. It's that of Evander Kane. Your colleague at TSN, Darren Drager, says that we could be seeing uh, the results of the investigation. Of course, Evander Kane investigated for breaking COVID protocol, for allegedly breaking COVID protocol rules. We could be seeing the results of that later this week. And depending on what suspension may come, if at, if any, it could eventually lead to uh, him signing with either the Edmonton Oilers or a second team. I, I'm not sure who that second team might be. I, I've, I've heard that uh, the Washington Capitals might have been interested. Maybe it's them. But I'd like, if possible, uh, for you to provide any insight on what you know about the Evander Kane dossier. Well, there was some hope that the investigation would be wrapped up by Wednesday and, and an announcement made. And so that, that didn't happen because we're recording this Thursday morning. Right. Uh, but, I, but I would suggest to you that we are day to day in a sense it could come at any time. It, it's clearly, um, you know, reaching its conclusion. I don't know what, if any, uh, punishment is going to come of it. And I do think that that does affect the outcome because, well, Evander Kane is expected to sign with the Edmonton Oilers. I think that that's, by far the number one landing destination for him. I'm not sure the Oilers are going to do it if there's some mega suspension that he has to serve first. And so I think all of that needs to, to be wrapped up and tied together. You know, the other team that is still in play is the Washington Capitals. You know, I've heard some, some whispers, a little bit unconfirmed at this time, but credible enough I'll share that, that Alex Ovechkin uh, might have called Evander Kane um, and, and, and expressed – his interest in having him come to Washington. But, you know, I think Kane sees, has felt the most love from Edmonton. I think the Oilers are most into it. The, the fit there, you know, which we talked about, um, is is there with him getting to play with one of the two best centers on earth. And so I would expect that this will end up here in the next day or two with the investigation being completed, something being announced, and then Evander Kane signing in Edmonton. I think that that's the way it's going. But the caveat being, if there's some long punishment he has to serve after traveling into Canada after a positive COVID uh, diagnosis uh, within 10 days, um, then I'm not sure the Oilers will will be as might, – might change their plans there. I'm going to take Evander Kane out of this for just one second. CJ, imagine uh, your youth hockey prowess has translated into a full-blown NHL career and you find yourself as a free agent on the UFA market. Uh, Alexander Ovechkin gives you a call and says, I want you to play – for the Washington Capitals. Uh, Connor McDavid is also calling you saying, I want you to play for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, which phone call are you taking to heart? and Which team are you picking? 
Well, you have to evaluate what your true goal is, right? And, and we can all have simultaneous goals and you got to prioritize them, right? This is like when you're making a big life decision, you're writing down your pros and cons of each potential option. Um, you know, I think at this stage of, of Andrew Gaines, if we're being, let's just call it as it is, the man filed for bankruptcy more than a year ago. He's just had 23 plus million dollars on remaining on his San Jose Sharks contract terminated. And I know there's a grievance there and maybe he'll get some of the money. We'll see how that plays out. But I think he's got to be concerned about his present day earnings and his future earnings. And to me, going to Edmonton, playing with Connor McDavid, a team that plays high octane offense, it has a great power play. is going to put him in the best position to have the best possible, however many games this ends up being, 30 games to finish the season, which is going to put him in the best position to, to earn a contract in the summertime, maybe in Edmonton, maybe somewhere else. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, and so, well, if, if his only goal was to win a Stanley Cup, I think we, I would make a stronger case for Washington. Um, you know, I don't see the role being as guaranteed there. And, you know, it might be limited ice time. And I think at this point in his career, the man has to prioritize his future, honestly. I mean, I, it's actually like, it's not a bad thing to say. I mean, this is, this is work, even though we, we, it's a game for the rest of us on the outside, but this is, this is a business. And, you know, I think he's got to make the best business decision. And so I'm, I'm taking Connor McDavid's call and I'm saying, yeah, nine, seven, I'm coming to play with you, brother. Okay. That's what I was thinking. Cause like, I, 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 I get you had to include Evander Kane because he was the entry point for this conversation, but I was really hoping you'd go in and be like, you know what? I've scored three goals in 21 seconds. Like imagine how many goals I could score in 30 seconds pulling on the same line of Connor and Rick David. I want you to put more of yourself in that question. I couldn't even play on one of the beer league alumni teams at this point. For like, <laughs> organizations. like I can't truly put myself in the conversation. Um, like I was, two years away from being two years away from being two years away from being an actual prospect to make the NHL. So too modest. Like I'll say that like the one thing, the cool thing for me, about going to like a morning skate or a practice is yeah. you'll see the fourth line guy or a player that doesn't get much respect for his skill in that setting where he's not under the pressure of the time and how fast the game is. And like, those guys are just out there like going bar down like the worst player in the NHL is so much better than I think the average person knows or thinks like it's crazy the skill these guys have. And so anyway, that's a, that's, that's a long entry point to saying like, I never threatened that league, man. That's fine. Okay. That's fair. Um, Justin Williams from Coburg, Ontario. He scored like seven yes. goals against us when we were kids. Like he was, he had to be that much. He was the kid that scored seven goals in like a seven, one game. And, and, you know, he didn't just barely make the NHL. He had a real good NHL career, but like, obviously, my point is, is like, that's the only fair way to measure anything because like, if we're going back in time, we're ratcheting an alternate universe, but he was had the same opportunities from the same hometown as me. And he was so much better than us. Um, I still didn't think he'd make the NHL at the time. The NHL felt like 17 time zones away from where we were living and what we were doing. So anyway, shout out Justin, what a career and, and good reminder of how far the gap really was. So wait, to be clear. So he said he scored against, so you got to play against Justin Williams. Yeah, we're, I mean, not only are we the same hometown, we're born two weeks apart. So we, like, there was only a limited window where he actually played in Cobra because he was so good. He had to teach yeah. competition and opportunities, you know, down the highway 30 minutes or whatever. But the, his early part of his career, we played against each other and he was insane. Like, literally, it was like the video game. We couldn't stop him. Um, but he actually, you know, his story is a reminder too. Like, he got cut from a AAA team when he was like 15 or 16. And he was in the NHL at 18. 
but he had a moment where he was a teenager and, and actually briefly considered giving up the sport because uh, he got sort of turned away and he didn't have a place to play. And, you know, he was he was pretty small, relatively speaking. And, and I think that at the time, that was largely why he got cut from that team as a coach didn't think he could handle sort of the physical rigors of the game. And then the guy was in the NHL at 18. Um, you know, tremendous story, super person. You know, I know come to know his family fairly well. And, and yeah, so we grew up together. And, and But he was so much better than everyone, is my point, that no one else on the ice surface was even close to making the NHL because there's only one NHLer back in those days. I love the I love the story. I I love the fact that we went on that tangent because that that's just really cool for me to hear. Uh, I'll try to get us back on track here, and uh, I want to bring up something uh, that we actually didn't really get to uh, in the last few days. Uh, but Justin Falk of the St. Louis Blues. Uh, the- <laughs> Let me get a cup of coffee for that one. Yes, of course. Uh, he uh, was asked uh, a couple of days ago about the po- not the possibility, but uh, the Blues had some games to play up in Canada. Uh, and Justin Falk, uh, I believe a native of Minnesota, uh, not thrilled about the possibility, not possibility, but not thrilled about the idea of playing games in Canada. We know about how the COVID restrictions are compared to what they are in the United States. And uh, the Flames, they got the Blues and the Flames played against each other and the Flames wax bam 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 like just a 7-1 demolishing and a one tweet you loved especially from the calgary flames uh, twitter account uh, you, you're a big fan of them we see why the blues wanted to get out of canada quickly yeesh just that was that was tough i know you love that tweet and 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 i know uh those comments have kind of gone around and i know a lot of people have gotten humor out of it but like i feel like there's some there's some truth and I feel like there's some, there's something in what Justin Fox said about Canada that I'm sure that other NHLers are thinking about, and I'm sure it could affect them say, I don't know, for the trade deadline, if the possibility comes for them to be traded to a Canadian team or free agency as we continue to maneuver through COVID. So I was just curious about your thoughts on that. Well, it's a real thing. You know, like there's, there's his comments. It's funny. He just said the quiet part out loud or whatever, right? Like, like he's not the only one thinking that like, I don't think, other than the fact that we have to set up this sort of topic by mentioning Justin Falk's quote, this isn't really about Justin Falk. I think that what this hits on is there's a significant feeling behind the scenes that there's a lot of NHL players feeling this way. And I can't even say I blame them, right? I mean, they're traveling into Canada. They're seeing the difference in in what life is. Uh, You know, all 25 U.S. markets where the NHL plays right now, there's no restaurant or bar restrictions uh, you got you don't see any you know tarped off sheets the way we're seeing in the games in Canada. I mean it's a it is a totally different approach to the pandemic. Without even making a judgment on which is better, which is right, which is wrong, I think it's fair to say that some players want more freedom. I, I don't I don't think it's I think it's a bad thing to say, but you know as we look to the trade deadline, that's only March 21st. I mean in some ways it's a long ways away. Far enough still, it's hard to really cook up the hot rumors at this point because you know I, I think that the the, the trade market's still sort of taking its form, but you know, there is already a feeling that, that there's going to be players that just don't want to come to Canada. And, you know, that only affects a handful of Canadian teams. You know, the Leafs are, are certainly going to be out there trying to add to their team uh, as, as you know, the, the, the team in Canada with the, probably the best chance winning the Stanley cup, certainly the highest in the standings, uh, but maybe Calgary, maybe Edmonton. We'll see where Vancouver's at. You know, these teams are going to have trouble getting players here. I think, I don't think there's any way around it. 
Um, because, and look, the league's going to spend at least the next month in Ontario playing in empty buildings. I don't know the status of each province right now. When we'll see, you know, maybe we'll probably see full arenas in Alberta. I would think sooner than, than in, in the other provinces, but. Max 500 people in Quebec. I forget. I think at some point in February, they're going to have that officially be a thing. The Canadians are going to play uh, at home tonight against the old Thursday night against the Anaheim Ducks. And then on Saturday against the Oilers, actually. But yeah, they're going to be seeing some home games uh, eventually with very little to no fans at their rinks. Well, at the Saddledome, I know they opened the restaurants, but they didn't put the, the they weren't serving alcohol. And Daryl oh. Sutter was on a radio show there. And he said, yeah, but you can always sneak a Mickey in in your boot. Which, oh which actually cracked God. me. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> to Daryl Sutter. Jeez. Anyway. I love the Daryl Sutter dry humor. Um, yeah. But I got to say that, yeah, like this is going to be a problem. I, I think this is, this is, it's already on the radar of the teams. Agents are talking about it to people like me. And so Justin Falk, like everyone can have fun with his one comment. And then, you know, St. Louis gets waxed and, and, I love the Flames social team, by the way. I know I stick tax yes. social teams last week on, on Thursday, but uh, I'm like, I'm getting a real kick. Like they've, they're on a heater right now. They're, they're turning up the heat. It's been funny. Um, but this is really, a, this is a larger issue. And, you know, Canadian teams, it might, it might change the deadline, honestly. Like a team like the Leafs, you know, we saw Kyle Lewis make five trades before last year's deadline. I think he views his team largely the same this year that, He's going to, I'm not saying there's a number of trades he wants to make. He's, he's limited by cap restrictions and things, but you know, he's going to want to be out there adding to this team, but it, it just might not be possible. There, there might be not the players that he's interested in that he likes that can, that they can make fit in their cap picture might not want to play in Canada. I mean, I would think that's a conversation they're going to have too. You know, it's, it's, it's not like everyone has a no trade clause. Obviously players can be traded sort of against their will or without their blessing, but you know, if, if anything's going to work, if a, if a short-term relationship's going to work with a player, I think you're going to want to know he's comfortable uh, with the situation. And so that's that's going to be a huge uh, talking point, I think, as, as the deadline gets closer. It's just who wants to actually come up here and live in our lockdown life? Yeah, and beyond that, when it comes time for free agency, we all know how big of a deal that is, especially in Canada, when it comes to where they're figuring out where players are going to go once they're unrestricted free agents. I'm sure when, even as we get to the summer, depending on how things go, some people might not even want to risk it and just say, hey, you know what? I'm just going to stay in the States as opposed to joining a Canadian team for boatloads of money. In certain cases, they may even have to overpay to bring them here. So, yeah, this is something that could be uh, – yeah, you're right. I, I like the way you're putting it. Like Justin Falk kind of said the quiet part out loud. Like it's – I don't know. It, it's something to think about. Well, and here's the thing. For agency, the one difference is, though, is players are paid in America no matter where they play. Like, the money is the same. And so players will always still come up and, you know, if the contract's good enough, you'll still get guys here. I mean, look at Blake Coleman, right? He's an American citizen, won two Stanley Cups in Tampa, signs in Calgary last year in the offseason on a six-year deal. So, you know, there, there still will be players that come to play here for the contract but once you already have your contract which is what guys already have now like what they're going to be paid is the same the rest of the year no matter where they play i just think some of them are are unwilling i know fact that that there's players that are unwilling to come to canada and, and under these circumstances and it's just one more thing to navigate in addition to the cap in addition to the flat cap blah 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 blah, blah for for a team like the leafs in particular i think it's going to affect because you know i think all things being equal they would be like to be aggressive at the deadline 
Yeah, consider like they're considering there's guys like Jacob Chitron out there who are looking for new homes. Like I, I was talking about with Justin Cuthbert earlier this week about whether or not the Leafs should be interested in, in a guy like Jacob Chitron, who at his best could be a really good offensive defenseman, but he might just want to chill in Florida instead. He might want right. to go to LA or somewhere else. Could be. I mean, I'll say the Leafs. The Leafs have inquired about him, but I don't sense that they're one of the teams really in on on Chitron. Like I think that. Yeah, you got a list there. Boston, Florida, still around. Sounds like the Rangers have cooled their interest, but you know, there's still there's other American teams. That, I don't know of any Canadian teams that are uh, hunting heavy for for Jacob Chikrin. Yeah, or or John Klingberg is also another example. We can go through a whole list of players. We could easily do that, but maybe closer to the deadline if they haven't already been moved. Just because I know sure. it's, it's still January. You know, the hot stove is. Is like lukewarm right now, but we're seeing some names. Don't worry. But by the time we real, can, yeah, real defensemen in particular, I think like you got you know potentially the two guys in Anaheim, Hampus Lindholm and Josh Manson. You know these aren't all the biggest names, but you got Ben Sherratt, Rasmus Ristolainen, Colin Miller, Calvin DeHaan, um, Klingberg, as you mentioned. You know there, there, that's a lot of blue liners potentially to move. It's not doesn't always shake out that way. That's that's just kind of how it's going. Oh, I didn't even mention Mark Giordano. Nope. Uh, yeah, in Seattle. So, yeah, there's there's a bunch of players. I'm not saying they'll all be traded, but certainly, like, that's that's kind of the market for D. You know, it's a relevant topic when we're talking about the Leafs, too, because, you know, I think it's a defenseman the Leafs will ultimately if, – if they only make one deal, I'm guessing it's for a defenseman. They might end up making more than one. You know, might get a depth forward as well. Um, but, yeah, it hasn't taken form yet. I can't tell you exactly who, who and how and when and where, but – you know, part of the conversation that we've never had previous will be, will that player want to come and live and play in Canada? Yeah. Let's transition over to uh, an American team, actually, uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, who uh, have found ways to be really bad. Remember, they they had like a 10-game winless streak, and ultimately, Alain Vigneault had to go. They uh, are still down bad. They're in the midst of a 13-game winless streak right now. Uh, Chuck Fletcher, the GM, spoke to the media, said they're in need of an aggressive retool. Now where there's talk about Claude Giroux's future in Philadelphia. What do you make of the situation with the Philadelphia Flyers right now? Well, Giroux's going to be interesting, right? I mean, if, if he gets traded by the deadline, that's a big name and a potentially big addition. Like, he's still a useful player at the stage of his career. I know he's playing the back nine right now. He's, he's you know, the end is closer than the start. But, you know, it does sound as though it's going to be entirely up to Claude, what, what he wants. And, you know, the plan as it stands right now is for Pat Brisson and his agent uh, to sit down with Giroux, you know, sometime next week. You know, there's the, the all-star breaks next week. You know, start ma- mapping out a plan. Go, pro- Maybe he's doing his list of pros and cons, man. What's, you know, do you want to be an all-time flyer? I mean, he certainly is uh, one of the legends of that franchise. You want to chase a Stanley Cup? Is that what's important? Um, and, you know, ultimately, I think that, that he'll drive the bus here because he has a no-movement clause. The, the good news for that is if he gets traded, he's not going to – he's going to a team with that that they feel has a chance to win a Stanley Cup. Reminds me a little bit of Jerome McGinley, right? Mm-hmm. When Jerome McGinley initially got traded out of Calgary, he had the choice of a couple teams. Ironically, Pittsburgh and Boston were two of them. He chose to go to Pittsburgh, and then they played in a playoff series, and Boston won on the way to going to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, in 2013, I guess that was. Um, but, you know, it, it will be a similar type of situation where, you know, I'm sure Claude's only thinking about teams that are at the top of the league. We'll see if it's Colorado, 
that has interest or, or someone else, and then he makes a call on it. So, you know, beyond that, there's, there's definitely work to do for the Flyers. I mean, I mentioned Ristolainen. They have Keith Yandel as well on an expiring contract. You know, at minimum, you're trying to, to turn some of your current day players into future assets if you're Chuck Fletcher. I mean, they've had two losing streaks of one of 10 games and one longer than 10 games that's ongoing. So, you know, you, it's, it's, I think it's clear that they're not, they're not rebounding and making a run for the playoffs unless lightning strikes. And so, you know, he got a vote of confidence, Chuck Fletcher, the GM, but the heat's up on him now to try to find some solutions here, open up some cap space and, and make some of those deals. I don't know if you planned on having them being a uh, the person you're going to give a stick tap to, but uh, you mentioned a pretty prime candidate for a stick tap in Keith Yandel, who uh, tied the record for most consecutive games played by uh, Doug Jarvis, the uh, Iron Man Keith Yandel. But if if that was your stick tap, you know I, I don't want to step on toes. We could always keep that for the end. I just want to kind of make that plug there. You know, you, I know we're talking about the Flyers in bad times, but uh, there's at least one positive you can at least. Well, nine hundred sixty-five games it was, I think. So like 64 is the record. I think 65 would break it. Yeah, he broke it, right? So it, right. Like it's it's mind-boggling. It's insane. It's like 12 seasons in a row. I saw hockey there's a, there's a hockey injury account. I'm sorry I don't have their their Twitter handle and right in my uh in my brain here. But they put out something like there's been like 18 defensemen that have played that same period of time that were in the league in 0809 and are still in the league today and they've averaged the other 18 missing a year, like a whole season worth of games, like at least 82 games. And so there's some good fortune there. Obviously you got to play through some stuff. There's no way you play that many games without being injured or sick or something along the way. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's a, it's a cool accomplishment. What's amazing too, Phil Kessel is 24 games behind. So Phil Kessel will potentially here in the next month or so become the, the second all time uh, Iron Man. And, yeah, consecutive you know, games played holder. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to. I got tangled yeah. in the words in my mind, but but he he'll move into second on that list potentially, and could even pass Yandel if Yandel has to miss a game for any reason. So Yandel might end up having this this record for like a month at some point if he misses a game. Phil Kessel could could get him at the wire. Yeah, uh, yeah. Keith Yandel broke the record. Sorry for saying he tied it. He did tie it, but he eventually broke the record. Sorry about that. But uh, yeah, the Flyers are down bad, really bad. And I'm just curious, just before we go off the flyers, I know we talked a little you know, bit about say, their CEO said that, they, that Chuck Fletcher has an open checkbook. Like what, that. What is, what does that mean? I think that means that there's like no amount of money they're not willing to spend to try to win, which is great. If you're a GM, uh, great. If you're an agent or a player, but honestly, what I thought when I heard that quote, and I know this is a bit of an old reference, but I wanted to go and get like Ilya Brzezgalov's buyout history. <laughs> and be like, this is what happens when you operate with an open checkbook. Because they remember they traded for Ilya Brisgallo's rights, so they gave up an asset. Yes. For then they gave him the monster contract. Then they bought him out within a couple seasons, and they're still paying. They're going to be paying him until like twenty forty or something. Like it's insane. Oh. Anyway, oh it's probably not God. actually twenty forty, but it's like it's a long, it's a long, painful buyout. And so I want it. Look it up. No, sorry. Yeah, I'm, that's what I'm doing right now. I want I wanted to just look this up because that is painful. Oof. Like he was a really entertaining guy, though. He was he was really great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, like that's that's the danger when you operate with an open checkbook. Like if you're not if you're not careful without you spending your money, you might end up owning a lightly used Delia Brisgala for like 40 years. Well, uh, I'll tell you this: Cap Friendly says uh, the buyout lasts. Uh, they'll be paying him essentially until 2027. 
So another right. five years of the Ilya Bezgalov experience. How much money do you get this season right now? Uh, so the cost of it each season is one point six hundred and forty-two thousand eight hundred and fifty-seven. Right. Million. And now scroll down to the bottom and tell me what season he played his last game in. Uh, it should be 2015. Right. So he's already Dots. been getting paid for seven years beyond his career. And he's going to get yeah. paid for five more years beyond his career. I mean, it's great. I mean, <laughs> being bought out is never, I, I, for players, it's, I'm sure it's difficult as much as I'm making light of it. You only get 66% of what you would have got of the total amount had you played all those seasons. But it's a pretty good way to ease into retirement, getting $1.6 million. You know, keep the cash flow going while you sort out your life. You know, Vinny LeCavalier had a, a pretty nice buyout. He actually had a nice contract after a nice buyout. Um, I've always thought that there's worse things sometimes at the end of your career to get a buyout. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Absolutely. Uh, I want to talk about uh, Aaron Dell of the Buffalo Sabres and the suspension he was handed uh, that was handed to him for a hit he did on Drake Batherson of the Ottawa Senators. Uh, that, that hit's just pretty brutal from from him. I know he's a goalie and all that, but that's just really tough to see a, a guy like Drake Batherson who was going to the All Star game now out with an ankle injury. Uh, he's going to be out for some time, so he'll miss the NHL All Star game. Unfortunately, Brady Kachuk will go in his place. And Dell has a history of, of, of kind of hitting these guys out in the open. Uh, I was just curious for your thoughts on, on the hit and, and Drake Batherson missing the all-star game. Well, you hate the outcome even more yeah. than the hit, right? I mean, like the, the hit, it's, it's a greasy play. There's no way around it. He does. Aaron Dell deserves the three game suspension that NHL player safety gave to him. You know, it's sneaky, right? That Batherson has no way to really brace himself for that hit. He doesn't see it coming. It's kind of like a, given a leaning a cold shoulder into an unsuspecting player and and certainly I think when you're a skater you don't really expect the goaltender to come out and hit you in that spot and so that helps lead to the the dangerous play you know because it's so close to the boards and and we saw the outcome you know sucks for Drake Batherson I mean he's had a great year actually I mean it hasn't been a great year for the Senators they're they're, they're a little bit of a forgotten team they you know, they were shut down by COVID early they've, they've just had a, a tough season I think people are hoping we're thinking that this might be a year where they take a step forward because they, they were so competitive last year in the North division. Um, but I, I, I do think it's too bad that, that Patterson's going to miss his time. High ankle sprain is a terrible injury from what I've heard from players. Like you just don't feel comfortable for a long time. Like it's, it's a strange part of the body. Obviously the ankle is important getting in the skate boot and how you feel. Um, and so brutal play three game suspension. That's, I mean, a lot. I don't. When's the last goalie to be suspended? I feel like it's been a long time, and you know that's uh, that's, the right, that's the right call in this situation. Just just really feel for a good young player in Batherson. He can't go to the All Star game. Like that could be a once once in a lifetime for him missed opportunity. Who knows if he'll be named to a future team? And then you know to to have this kind of season derailed where he was putting up a lot of points and playing well. I believe Ian Mendez in one of his last articles for the Athletic mentioned that uh, I think Ray Emery was suspended, I think, 2007 for slashing uh, uh, Maxim Napiaia when he was with the Canadians. That's wow. the last – I think that's that's like 2007. That's like the last time I can think of a goalie being 
suspended. Obviously, obviously, if I'm wrong, just put it in the comments, I guess. But that's as far back as I can remember. So maybe there's someone else, but yeah, uh, well, it's been a minute. It's basically what we're saying. Like, yeah. This is like they a don't. once in a decade kind of thing. So it's such a it's such an unusual hit. I, I mean, I hated it the minute you saw it. It just like, and then you, you see the guy injured. I don't know. It just some injuries happen in the course of the way the game is played. It's a physical game. Things happen sometimes. It's just unfortunate. There's nothing that can be done. I would actually put the Nathan McKinnon injury if, if you saw it, Julian yeah. on Wednesday night in that category. Yes. Like I don't think it's a dirty hit. It's just unfortunate. It's stick. Taylor Hall hits him, you know, hits Nathan's stick, goes right into his face. He loses teeth and lots of blood on the ice. Like, that's just unfortunate. Like, there's no bad intent there. I don't think there's a bad hit or anything. This is bad intent, bad outcome. Like, I I hate that because it was totally preventable. That is so scary that you brought up that hit because literally as we were talking about it, I was like, wonder if there's a way to bring up the Avalanche Bruins game. And you literally Ah. just said, we've done the podcast long enough that we're speaking – Telepathically one, now. That one is, brain, brother. One brain. One brain. One brain. Yeah, we're that like five was months into having a group chat. <laughs> we're talking twice a week. We're setting up these zooms. I have my morning coffee with you. It's great. It happens. Uh, we're going to be in the same room soon. I want to manifest that. I don't know what. I don't have a plan yet. But we gotta. We gotta do this in person again soon. We gotta get producer Nick in the room. We got a new member of the squad. We gotta. Yo, shout out producer Nick. We got to figure something out. Maybe you come to Toronto again and we get into Adam's basement. I don't know what the play is, but we got to, we got to figure something out. But. I don't know how March break works for you guys, but uh, I'll find a way to just hang out or something. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll make something work. No worries. I tell you, I got a road uh, trip coming up. Oh uh, yeah. Aren't you going to Vegas? I'm going to Vegas next week. I'm pretty pumped. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Cause you're going to be there for the all-star game, obviously. Yes. And I got to be full confession because I'm real with my people on the CJ show, but the all-star game in the old world was like one of my least favorite things to cover. Um, you know, back in those Why? days, I traveled. well, back in those days, I traveled too much, almost honestly, mm-hmm. I traveled a ton. And so like one more trip to go cover sort of a fake event, like it's not an event, you know, it just felt it. I, I didn't enjoy it. Um, and it, it's just funny how per, your perception of something changes because, you know, we're in a time where I really haven't been traveling very much. Um, you know, I'm kind of bummed out by this weather where like, it's not to get into friggin' weather, but it's, we've had a ton of snow by Toronto standards. It's cold. You know, the lockdowns are in place. You can't really do anything. Like, and so I'm just so excited to go and see people, see other reporters. You know, there's some NHL reporters that I used to see almost like an extended family. I would just see them in the course of the season once a month or every two months, just here, there, whatever. Like there's some I haven't seen in two years. You know, I covered yeah. the last two Stanley Cup finals. I, I was at the bubble in Edmonton in 2020, and I was, you know, in Tampa for the Tampa Montreal series. But, like, a lot of reporters just didn't travel because of their work situations or what have you. And so I'm just – I'm so pumped to go to an All-Star game, and I think it's hilarious that I used to be the big grump, like, oh, I've got to go to All-Star. And now I'm just like, I'm ready to pack my bag today, man. I'm like, let's go. And go to Vegas of all places. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be – I mean, I, I'm not – a it's not going to be 20 year old CJ going to Vegas. It's 40 year old CJ going to Vegas. So, and I got to work. So it's not gonna be like, <laughs> nothing crazy is going to happen. I'm not going to be like in, in one of those movies, the no Hunter as Thompson action here, fear and loathing in Las Vegas, but you know, probably play a little bit of blackjack might lay down a sports better too. have a couple beers and see some friends. It's going to be great. Okay. Well, it's so, okay. So as long as it's not going on like the hangover or any of the hangover movies, I think you'll be okay. 
Now, famous last words. And because, again, because it's honest, if that ends oh up happening, my God. if that ends up happening, I'll let you know on the show. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, you heard it Why here first from story? CJ. Yes, please. This is safe enough now. I mean, it's not that big a deal. But Okay, so let's see. The last game that Mike Babcock coached with the Leafs was in Vegas. Mm-hmm. It was a Tuesday night. And it was actually a really good game. The Leafs showed a lot of life in it, but they lost by goal. Marc-Andre Fleury made a ridiculous save, I believe, on Nick Patan in the third period. Anyway. Yes, he did. Everyone sort of knows Mike Babcock's on life support at that time. Like, it was... It was in the air, put it that way. And so after the game, it was with James Myrtle at the Athletic, and we go back to the Cosmopolitan Hotel, and you know we're just having a beer, like the quietest night ever, Tuesday night, nothing wild going on. And this this Leafs fan comes up and recognizes us, and really nice guy, and ends up chatting with us, and then like ordering drinks, ordering drinks, ordering shots. You know, it's Vegas, like they just never turn off the bar. Like I have no idea what time we get to bed, but it's late, and we, we were, we were well served. Yes. I had to wake up first thing in the morning, like at like 5am. Luckily I had my cameraman from Sportsnet when I was working at sports at the time, driving me to Arizona. So I literally just had to like get my stuff to the lobby and myself and get in his van and then fall asleep in the back seat. This guy drives to Arizona. You can imagine how I'm feeling. No sleep. Yeah. Unexpected big night. And then we get there, watch practice and Mike Babcock gets fired and I got to work for like, 12 more hours or something like, Oh my God, not, not at my best, put it that way. So, uh, that, that, that was actually the last time I was in Vegas was that night. Uh, and I didn't leave on a, on a high note. And that was, that's an example where literally there was no, no mischief in the air. Like literally it's just like, Oh, we just filed our stories. Let's have a drink, decompress. And then like five hours later, we're there, the random leaf fan just buying us copious amounts of alcohol. So maybe that's I'll amazing. fall into a hole like that again. <laughs> Well, it's, it's alcohol and not uh, whatever funny stuff you got at the Saddle Dome that one time. No, it was that was just alcohol. <laughs> was, and, and nothing wild happened other than we just sat there drinking it and talking about hockey. And like it wasn't like we went out to some club or anything after, but it was not what was needed in that moment. It was not a good situational awareness decision by CJ where it's like, OK, tomorrow might be a big day of work. Maybe you want to just slow it down. No put the pedal down and uh, had to play, play banged up the next day. Uh, for everyone listening and hearing the tangent that's going on here. Yes, we are buying time ahead of the Jeff Carter news that he signed a two-year contract extension with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's great at all, but we all know what the people want with Jeff Carter, right? So here's where we're at. I got to show my okay. work. Yes. I got a tip that his dad's name is Jim. Yes. Do you know this? That, yeah, I know this. Yes. And so that there's some thought that that's his middle name, but then I checked with someone who would know and they didn't think that's it, like Jim or James. And they said, that's not his middle name. And so, so it's not Jim. Well, I'm not, I'm just letting you know where I'm at. I thought we had a big breakthrough. Then I checked with someone who can like look this up and it said, it's not his middle name. So it's this is, this is a mystery again it's this would be it's this is a covid mystery because in a world where i could just go to in the penguins dressing room on a morning skate i would absolutely go up to him and like tell him this funny story and i'm sure he would just go this is my middle name it's i named after my uncle or whatever you know whatever the story people usually have a story with their middle name and it would be over and this would have been done with like in october but like i'm not calling his agent or like 
with all due respect to the people. I mean, I, I work for the people on this show, but like, I'm not going to like actually go to someone serious on this unless it gets to that point. Um, <laughs> this is one of those weird things. That, like, I, I actually want to laugh. Like, how is this a thing that we're still talking about? I don't know. What's funny is because Pierre Lebrun tweeted about uh, the extension and someone in the comments straight up was like, what's his middle name? And like tagged us. So I was just like, this is insane. I love it's it insane. too. Because like, if Pierre looks at his comments, which he probably doesn't, like doesn't? if he saw that, he'd be like, what is this about? Like what, he would have <laughs> no idea, right? Like, like this is like a conversation we're having with our listeners that, and everyone's in on a joke, but like nobody else like that doesn't listen to the show. They'd be like, what is, who cares? Jeff Carter's middle name. You know, middle names, everyone's got one, more or less. I mean, I have two. Uh, do you? I have what two middle, middle names. names. Uh, my middle name is Kari Alexander. Those are my two okay. middle names. So my phone name is story? Julian. Um, Kari is a Nigerian word for king. Uh, Alexander. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, royalty, you know what I'm saying? And then Alexander. I actually don't remember why Alexander is there. I know my sister Kayla, I think she has Alexandria in her middle name. But yeah, just Alexander is just like a name that's just kind of there, I guess. But yeah, I have two middle names. I always just assumed that people for the longest time all had two middle names. So when I saw people with one middle name, I was like, what? Like, that's that's a thing? Like Jerome McGinley has like seven or nine. Um, a whole bunch of people have like a bunch of middle names, but like some, I some was just zero though. But some people have no middle. That's names. true. What's your middle name? So here's the story. Anyone okay. who's seen me in person or see me standing on a box on TV will understand I'm not the tallest fellow in the world. You are not. But I had a grandfather, my mom's dad, who he actually played in the CFL, and he was a rather large man, six three, give or take. And so when I was born, I guess I had abnormally large feet for a baby. And there was some hope, I guess, in the family or some thought that maybe I was, had gotten the genetics from my grandfather's side of the family or my grandfather specifically versus my dad, who's literally the same height as me, which is shorter than five, nine. Uh, and so they <laughs> named me, my, my middle name is Edward for my, my mom's dad, my grandfather, but alas, I didn't uh, carry over any of Edward's physical uh, properties because I'm also about five, seven or five, eight. Uh, yeah, you're about like, I think we're about the same height. Or am I like a little taller than you? I think we're about the same Maybe. height. What are you? I think I'm, I haven't measured. I'm about 5'7 or 5'8. I don't actually know the. I'm like 5'9. I was going to say, I'm not doing the NHL player thing where everyone gets that on a couple inches to their height. No, like that's, that's no, the no, real no. height. I just don't actually know precisely what it is, but it's in that range. No, uh, I think I'm 5'9 on a, I mean, I, I like to say I'm 5'9 on a good day, but I think I'm genuinely 5'9. So I might have like an inch on you. So if you're like 5'7, five, 5'8, five, like I know I'm not five, I'm not, I know I'm not that. Next time we, we do, we're in person, we're going to measure ourselves. <laughs> and we're going to show the receipts. Like we're going to give our real stats. I mean, we don't have to do your weight or anything, but we're, we're going to get no, the right. not. <laughs> You got a pandemic 10 going on now or what? What are you saying yeah, here? Like I said, I'm not, let's not talk about my weight. I look, I, I, I look doing pretty well. I'm good with the weight. I'm wondering why you're worried. No, I'm good with what I got going on. It's great. It's just, I don't know. It's just, I don't, I don't need everyone knowing that I'm like, I don't know, whatever weight I'm at right now. I didn't weigh myself this morning. Um, right. I'll I, say I'm this. We're going to, we're going to get the real heights though. We're going to, cause we're going to have to put we a will. trading card at some point and we got to have the real stats on it. 
Absolutely. I'll also say on my end, uh, I've tried asking around about Jeff Carter's name and uh, no, I've gotten nothing so far. But uh, my my thinking was that Jim would be the name because I, I forget where I read it somewhere, but I think his but I believe his dad's name is Jim. So I was led to believe that well, that would be a good guess. That was a tip yeah. from a listener. So. so Jim, I thought it would be Jim, but like it could be like it could be James, could be Jiminy, could be anybody. Maybe it's Jeff. Yeah. You think it's Jeffrey Jeff? I don't, but that would be that would that would be a funny outcome if that was the case, because then it would actually be sort of notable what his middle name is. But okay, well, just to everyone who asked, uh, because I did say I think on an episode last week that we would have a breakthrough. Um, we're still at a point where we're trying to get this middle name. And when we find that middle name, we're going to talk all about it on the CJ show. You I wonder have, if that new contract carries his middle name. That's what I'm thinking. I feel like that's, probably, that's the time to do it. I could probably ask someone who has an ability to look at that contract or look at that contract and tell me. Hey, man, look, next, that, next that week's might be the breakthrough we need, him signing a new deal. He's had a good season, too. Like, honestly, like that, that – I know we're not here to talk about Jeff Carter, but, like – He's actually like he was getting to the end of the, the year. I actually had a reporter reach out to me from Switzerland earlier in the season, and he'd heard a rumor Jeff Carter was going to sign over there next year and just was wondering mm-hmm. if it was true. And so my point is, I think when Pittsburgh acquired him from L.A. last year, the thought was, yeah, I'll play out the last season and a half of his, you know, it might be the end. But earning that two year extension tells you something about, you know, how good he's been. Absolutely. Uh, I think 26 points in 36 games this year for the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's. 12 goals on that because we know he is a goal scorer. But, uh, yeah, Jeff Carter will get your middle name at some point. But uh, he's having himself a good year. I think I've cleared the deck, unless there was anything else you want to add on something that uh, we talked about earlier that we missed. Do you wonder if but, I got any uh, more random stories I want to share about drunken nights in Vegas? or? I, I, I was just good for a trade rumor, but if you want to go there, by all means. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> We could save that for uh, when we talk in person, but uh, stick taps. I believe it is stick taps time. And uh, I brought a mini stick. Uh, oh, you're up in your game. Yeah, I don't know. So I forget who on Discord made the point that uh, having a mini stick for stick taps would enhance it. I didn't want to bring like an actual like hockey stick. I figured it would just be a lot better just to have a uh, mini stick. So uh, uh, Can we get it decorated with like our faces or something. We could, you know what? This would actually be a good idea to just get like a, a mini stick that uh, you just put stickers of like face of our faces on it. Or hey, SDPN branded mini sticks. Like, I would be a good idea. We could even add pictures of the people we shout out. Yes, I like that idea. That's a lot. That's of work a great idea. That could be a lot of work. Much, a- I don't know how much arts and crafts you want to do, but that's like a lot of that's a lot of commitment. But that would be kind of cool. That would be cool. Hmm. That's something I got to look into with decorate. I'm not a great big decorator, but I think with this particular mini stick that I have, uh, which uh, I realize for people listening, you don't see it, but I'm holding a white Franklin branded mini stick and NHL. uh, There's some NHL uh, typeface written in lime green. Uh, I also have a lime green uh, goalie stick that maybe I'll bring out for a few other stick taps later in the season. Why not? Uh, but yeah, yeah. Why not uh, have it with some of the people that we shout out? Um, did you want to start or or should I start? Sure. I'm going to shout out the Canadian men's Olympic team. Yes. We spent a lot of time in the first part of this season talking about the NHL and what Team Canada might look like. I think it's there's 
it shouldn't be lost that just because we don't get that, like how cool this is for a guy like Josh Hosang, for example, you know, who started the year on a PTO with the Maple Leafs, really didn't know what his future was. He, he played in Sweden last year and, you know, he's had a good year in the American Hockey League and it gives him a chance because he didn't have an NHL contract. The interesting part actually is that I know there was some discussion with Josh Hosang about up upgrading his deal at some point to an NHL deal. And he didn't sign that because the Olympic opportunity was in the air and, and he wanted to, to have this chance to go represent Team Canada. So that's cool. I mean, Eric Stahl at the other end of his career, I know we've talked about him, but, you know, him getting to go to another Olympics, won a gold medal in 2010, you know, right down that roster, even players that I don't know that well, like I'm excited to learn more about these guys to, to see what it means to them. And I think it's going to be a cool Olympic tournament, even without the, the NHL best on best, as bad as I wanted to see that. You know, and it's not just Canada, the other countries too, but the, the Canadian team was named here in the last couple of days. And I want to give those guys some props. Absolutely. Um, I'll just uh, simulate a uh, stick tap clap, I guess. I figured it'd be a lot less noisy than tapping on my, or you know what? The sound on my table is not so bad, I guess. Uh, but yeah, stick taps to those gentlemen. Uh, a lot of four Montreal Canadians on that team between Eric Stahl, Mark Barbario, David Arnaz on that team as well. Uh, there should be more names in my head, but those are like the three Owen Power, right? And him too, of course. Absolutely. I, saw, I can't remember who, I think it was Barbario maybe said that he reminds him of Victor Hedman. Um, and, and, and said that Buffalo would have 10 more wins this season if he was in the NHL rather than playing the NCAA. So, I mean, like that's going to be cool. You got Devin Levi and that, you know, was at the world juniors not so long ago. Like it's a mix of the young and old, uh, Daniel Winnick, like, like a lot of guys, frankly, and I don't mean to be, mug about this or, or but like you didn't even realize some of these guys were still playing over in Europe and so I mean imagine I'll say this like going to the Olympics was the best assignments of my career I've been to two Vancouver and Sochi 2014 mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the feeling I had when you're at the Olympics even as messed up as this one is going to be I'm sure with restrictions and you know it's not going to feel maybe quite the same but like you feel you can't help but reflect on where you came from when you're at the Olympics. Like, I think if you're selling popcorn at the Olympics, you feel proud of your family or people maybe that have had, you know, a positive influence in your life to help you get there, to put you in a position where you could ever be chosen to go to the Olympics. And so I think this is going to be really cool, um, you know, for, for these, these players that would never have maybe guessed they get a chance to do that. Um, my stick tap uh, is actually going to go to anyone just trying to take care of their mental health. Uh, we know what this week is uh, with the uh, Bell Let's Talk initiative. I understand that uh, with the way uh, Bell Let's Talk is, I understand it's a bit divisive for some people for external things. So I'm not here trying to advocate for Bell or anything, uh, more just for the discussion of mental health, because I think any day, Every day or any day is a good way to talk about is a good is it's just a good time to talk about your mental health. Uh, you know, whether you're going through good times, whether you're going through bad times, it's good to just talk to someone or just take the steps you need to ensure that your mentals are taken care of. Uh, and I understand that uh, this week is a reminder for that, but I just would like to take the time to say to anyone looking to take steps to improve themselves, uh, feel better about themselves, or just you know do anything just to make just to you know help their mind be at ease and just help their mental health uh, a big salute to you because it's tough we all know we're all going through crappy times with the pandemic uh but i still think we can make the most of what we have in front of us and that comes from improving your mental health so salute to everybody or just Show a yourself stick some grace. 
Absolutely. Don't don't be too hard on yourself. I mean, we're all, I think at various times we're all too guilty of that. We think we should be doing something different than we are or being better at something, being more successful, what have you. I mean, just, just remember you you don't have to win every single day. You know, sometimes just getting through it is, is important. Absolutely. Uh, And that concludes stick taps. And that concludes the Thursday edition of the Chris Johnston show. CJ, uh, I can't thank you enough for just being you and being an amazing person and doing these shows with you. Honestly, uh, I'm, I'm just eternally grateful I get to do this and I'm eternally grateful that, uh, you know, I get to ride shotgun with you for this, man. So thank you. Thank you. Seriously. Thank you, brother. Honestly, it's, it's awesome. This has worked out great. We're going on the road next week. This is going to be, this is a good time. Well, you are, you're going on the road. I'm, I'm staying in my house. Okay. <laughs> Your setup. I'll be like very clearly in a hotel room. Um, Drinking margaritas. <laughs> okay. Some work has to get done, man. I didn't say you weren't going to work. <laughs> just in the fun. awkward hours, there's a margarita. Yeah, sure. It's just like, I mean, then again, maybe because of YouTube rules, it's probably not a good idea that you, that you drink on camera. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to stop you from having your fun. Uh, well, of course, you got to get some work in, too while you're in Las Vegas. Uh, but yeah, uh, if you see a different backdrop from CJ next week, that's the reason why. That being said, uh, speaking of next week, on Monday, brand new episode, of course, get your questions in starting now. Uh, whether on our Discord, we have a channel set up for questions for the CJ podcast, uh, or uh, on Twitter, just use the hashtag AskCJ. Uh, and send in whatever question you want. It could be uh, you know, a question about a particular trade rumor you might have read on some blog somewhere. It could be, hey, CJ, do you like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? Or, yeah, or... that's a hard yes. Okay, yeah, well, there goes that question. That's one last question you can ask to CJ, uh, but he will uh, answer it in the uh, column that he puts together for the Toronto Star and uh, other stuff that could end up on this podcast as well. Uh, CJ, the homie from North Star Bets. Check out that stuff because that's going to blow up. I'm telling you, man, some good opportunities there. We know it's in the Toronto Star, but uh, North Star Bets is the place where CJ does his stuff for. Uh, And of course, with The Athletic, uh, I should have an article coming out fairly soon, uh, if it's not out already. If you like like NHL 22, uh, today is the day where um, a patch update is supposed to go through where you can actually play some of the women's players uh, for Team Canada, Team USA. So you can play as like Mary Philip Blaine, Hillary Knight. Uh, I've seen some of like the ratings go out for some of the players. I think Mary Philip Blaine is like the highest rate player. Or what? I, I'm sure. Yes, absolutely. Like they have all the team Canada, like rosters, squads and all that. You could even play through the women's world championship as well. Like it's like the fact that we have like Noxie and tax podcast, and then, you know, you could just go play NHL and, and play as them. Like that's, well, I know they're out the Olympics, but still you can play like as like team Canada, team USA and some of the other teams. Like that's, that's freaking cool. That's it awesome. Is cool. It's kind of perfect insane timing. taking this long to have yes. like that, that hasn't happened prior to this, but let's celebrate the fact that's here rather than what, what didn't happen 10 years ago. Absolutely. Uh, and that's going to do it for CJ. I'm Julian saying so long and peace. Peace bro. Take care of your mentals, everybody. The Chris Johnston show inside the game twice a week. Follow Chris on Twitter at reporter Chris and follow Julian McKenzie at JK McKenzie.